Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. It is 11.06, 42 degrees, gloomy downtown on Monument Circle. This is the WIBC First Day Magazine Show. I'm Terry Stacy, along with Denny Smith and Kylan Talley. Hello, gang. Hello, Terry. Good. How are you? Woo, just fine. That's good. You okay? It's a little bit of a gloomy day. We walked it. in the rain this morning or the mist this morning, and I thought, it's going to be a good day all day. You got to put on it. It's been a foggy week just in general, and I think that speaks for our brains, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, McKylan. <laughs> I got a foggy brain. She's okay. She's talking about us before we even get on the air. Well, we've got a fun. To we've us. got a fun show set up. For we us do, here, and I uh, hope everybody here for the Big Ten football championship had a good time. I think they did. The response seems like they love Indiana. They love the people. They love everything. The closeness and proximity of everything. I think. <clears throat> excuse me. I've not heard that there were any problems. Has anybody heard there were any problems? I uh, There were some Michigan jaywalkers right up oh on Illinois yeah. as I was pulling out. I think out. you're all great. Okay, and they, they cut across, and then I sort of acted exasperated, and then I sort of oh snuck boy. through them, and the guy, the guy says, take it easy, old man. And I'm thinking, <laughs> there you go. Oh. Somebody belittling me right in my own oh. hometown. Take it easy, old man. I kept my tongue, you know, Terry. I have such a problem with this because I don't know why we are so sensitive to every calling people. Na- well, we try to be sensitive of, of you know, calling out people of their color, their, their everything but age. And this is the thing. When you get to a certain age, it's okay. Everybody's accepting of the fact that you you can be called old and, you know, grumpy, old man boomer, well, all these things. Yeah, yeah but and, women, they, as long as there's a pharmacy around, a CVS or a Walgreens, they'll never go gray. Okay, they don't have to. Guys, guys don't dye their hair normally. There's a lot of silver-headed ladies walking around that are just stunning. That color, that gray, that beautiful gray, stunning. You, silver. We dye it silver before comment. we're old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you really are. Twenty years old, and we're doing it a couple years ago. A lot of saw, saw a lot of young girls with beautiful silver hair. Okay. Uh, anyway, sorry about that, everybody. Uh, we thank you for your $20 million that you dropped here. <laughs> and we're <laughs> thank thankful. Thank you, Michigan. Yes. It, right? Thank you very large. We thank appreciate that. Thank you very that. large. That voice you're hearing, that's Greg Cooper, because today is National Roof Over Your Head Day. Really? It is. It's to be grateful for the roof you have over your head. And I thought it would be quite appropriate to bring back our good friends, Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, uh, real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. We've missed you. How we are you? you? Awesome. Love being back. Listen, Greg's voice is changing since we last talked to him. <laughs> you know, and it's weird. Is, is it puberty I'm or is it sore throat? I'm post cold by about a week. And it sounds like I'm going through puberty again. And that wasn't pretty the first time. I like So this nobody sound. wants to see it again. What was the guy on Little Rascals? Froggy? Yeah, you sound oh, like yeah. Froggy on the Little Rascals. Oh, I like Shre- well, well, Screech on Saved by the Bell. That's <laughs> the other one. That's there. You go. I've had to hear it all week. <laughs> Have you really? Well, I tell you what. There has never been a real estate market like what we've witnessed. I mm. mean, we went. I went through 1980s when Volcker shut it down and ran our interest rates up to 20 percent. We went through 40 percent, 14 percent, and stuff. But I've not seen anything like this, Terry. This is just a really and weird describe market. what you're seeing that you're calling this. Well, we went from two uh, percent or three percent mortgage rates, and all of a sudden we jumped up to five, six, and then we blasted through almost two. 
eight. And Greg and Lisa, something happened in the last 10, 15 days, and we're getting close to 7% flat here. Mm-hmm. You know, what yes. happened? Well, we had a great jobs number, and by great means, uh, they weren't very good. <laughs> we had a jobs number in the middle of November, and we had an, uh, an inflation number that followed it. Both of those were very modest. And doesn't listen, don't pay attention to the Federal Reserve. Because they don't have anything to do well, with it. Well, first of all, they are liars. You heard it from Denny Paul Smith. Yeah. The Fed lies liars. to us. They just lie to us. The, mon- the money markets, the people who lend money and borrow money and give us money to buy houses, they are way smarter than the people at the Federal Reserve. I agree. And so when they see a number come out, like a jobs report, which we're going to get another one on the 12th of December, when they see that number be half of what it was expected, and the mortgage rates plummet by a half a point the next day, that's the kind of thing you pay attention to. Okay, if it drops by a half a point, so you say we'll be in the sixes? We're at seven. We, on Friday, we 7. were at seven point one. We were at seven point zero nine percent on Friday. Yeah. And think October, we were at eight. I yes, mean, we, we, yeah. we, were, we were right eight. in front of it. it was yeah. And there was eight. no backing off of that. All right, so I've got buddies uh, who were in the commercial <clears throat> business of buying residences. They would go in and buy a whole neighborhood, and they had good pool money behind them, but it was when the rates were two and three percent. These guys are shivering like dogs passing fish hooks, and they've got 100,000 homes in, like, Las Vegas area, or they've got uh, 50,000 homes uh, over in Nevada. And they're saying, we've got to dump this inventory because we have to refinance from 2 to 3%, and the refinance rates are in a 5 to 7%. Right. So they're, dumping, they're going to be dumping inventory. So what Move will that Vegas. do? Move to Vegas. <laughs> you got some well, housing you, opportunities in Las Vegas. What do you see here on, on the people me. that have bought neighborhoods in Indianapolis? What do you see? Uh, we don't see that here. That's good news because the national numbers that we all get fed by the national real estate media reflect exactly what you're saying, Danny. Oh, the markets are struggling. The values are going down. We don't have that happening here. We have a ton of local investors. We do have some national investors here, but we also have mom and pop local investors, and yeah. they have paid cash or they've used equity lines that are not nearly as bad as what some of those other numbers are. And they're solid. They're, you know, we're not really in a position where we see inventory exploding or homes being dumped. We're just not. All right, I so- sure do see a lot of neighborhoods. I mean, I'm in the Cumberland area, the Hancock County, that this side of um, Hancock County, Greenfield. And uh, housing developments and apartments are being built like crazy. And to me, that feels like that they must know something's you know, going to be okay. If, if there's many are going Terry, up I'm so a, fast. I'm a chart watcher, and I watch David Weekly Homes, and I watch Pulte and all the national builders. They went way, way down. Then all of a sudden, they stabilized, and they started reporting decent sales, decent traffic again. So the pent-up uh, generation like like Kai, you know, she Kylan Talent, she's, she's wanting to look for a home. And uh, it's a different generational thing. So it feels like to me, though, that they know that, you know, there's there's a boom coming again. Something's and, happening. Yeah. Uh, well, Lisa, is it yeah. going to be short term or is it going to be long term? This boost that we see coming back. It's going to be interest rate driven. So as long as we are inflation is stabilizing all the stabilization, we will see rates drop down and there is pent up demand. So it's a thing of the people that have the threes that are miserable and want to get out. This is the they, opportunity. They, they will now start, you will start seeing that inventory open up. And well, so it's the it's the thing that then Kylan will be able to get into the first time home right. and then move up. And again, the, the builders are offering great incentives oh right boy. now. Tremendous. I mean, and it's interest rate driven because that's what they can do to help that, let's say, a typical seller doesn't have all those options available to them. Okay. All right. Listen, I want to take a break. But when we come back, uh, I want to ask you about this 
article, this story that was in Axios.com about telling us if you're going to buy a house, be prepared to stay long term or you're going to lose money. And I want to find out what you think about that story that was recently uh, printed. And we will do that when we come back. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Want to be happy in a million ways For the holidays you can't beat home, sweet home It is 11.16. This is the first day WIBC Sunday Magazine show. I'm Terry Stacy, Kylan Talley here too, and Denny Smith. We're glad you're here with us this morning. It is 11.16 and in studio with us, if you're just joining us, we've got Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They are real estate consultants with Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate. We invite them in because we think they're the best. We just do. We've known them a long time and we appreciate what you've got to say because there are still people that are looking for houses and there are still people that are putting their houses up for sale despite what time of year it is. And uh, so before we took a break, thank you guys for coming. Thank you for I mean having it. us. Thank you. We, we appreciate it. Uh, there was a story in Axios.com and it says, if you're going to buy a house, be prepared to stay long term or lose money. The double whammy of high interest rates and record high home price means it could take decades to break even on a purchase made today. That mm-hmm. pendulum has swung toward renting and if you can take up to 20, it can take up to 21 years to break even on an Indianapolis area <laughs> who, purchase. Who was the author in Axios? This is per, per Zillow data exclusively shared with Axios. Um, so, I don't know who the author was, Denny. I didn't put it in here. I should have, but it was on Axios.com. Inflation and it was in, alone, uh, I think, I think they get their money End of November. Um, Let's ask the pros. Article. Well, that's why I, yeah. I, I asked the question. So what do you all think about that story? Uh, I'll start with Lisa. So, again... <laughs> She Let's loves talk it. Local. Well, it's just data. <laughs> like it's a thing of its clickbait, and it's so it's disgusting when you actually look at it from our perspective. Of and if you're a typical consumer out there, the amount of misinformation on both sides you will it swings. So this is where we this just is so have to crazy. get crazy. Why is well, it neighborhood mean, specific? Right. Like it's it's again, real estate is about a plot of land. Where is that located? You know, are you against the street? I mean, it, it's so local. It's so specific. But you to can't you. put a blanket statement I mean, like that. Yeah, out, right, I mean, it's a thing saying. of look at. I mean, like what the government, you know, with Fannie of helping first-time homebuyers buy, which would be great for Kylan, for example, is a duplex. Now they came out finally and said, okay. If you're going to be an owner-occupied duplex multifamily, you only have to put 5% down. That's a game changer wow. for, for a first-time home buyer. I mean, my kids already know. I'm like, you're going to be buying something next year, and it's probably going to be multifamily. Like, this is how we're doing it. And are there plenty of duplexes out there? I mean, our market isn't the best. I mean, we I will say Indianapolis does not have an oversupply of multifamily. Maybe that's what builders need to be thinking about. But there about. will be a lot of baby boomers who have duplexes Correct. and who have built up five uh, to ten ding, ding, rentals. Ding, 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 ding. And they're they're looking for somebody to because they're right now they're saying how am I ever going to get out from underneath it? And my gosh, That's if out. you, I think that they um, if you buy a multifamily, I don't think you're gonna that article is definitely not valid to you. Look, national real estate media, they're a clickbait. They are they're they're there to get you to read it. They're not accurate. There are a lot of really smart individual people who publish themselves. Those are the people you pay attention to. Is that because they're trying to sell advertising yes. and they just want you to, they, yes. can, they can say, this is this how, how many, many clicks, clicks we, we have. have. And I, so I want you to think about, and this, I know it's a little ways, 12 months ago, the thousands of people who were shrieking because rates were going up, the housing market is crashing a year ago. Everybody was saying the housing, 
It hasn't crashed. It's Maybe it's plateaued a little, but where's the crash? There's going to be no crash. And where are all those people now? They just were happy you stopped by. What, what is going so- to happen first quarter? Because nobody wants to move the Christmas tree, all blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but based on what you're saying, batting down the hatches, what's first quarter going to look like? So there's a lot of things that, that, that it's going to be busy. That's to start with the headline. If people really want to make a deal on a house, they want to buy something, this is your month to do it because we're going to get to January 2nd. December or January? December. Really? Yes. Because Move we're the Christmas get, tree. We're going to get to January. Your house looks really pretty, though. That's You should show it. It looks really pretty with house all the holiday great. decorations. And by the way, as a seller, you can probably negotiate some extra time. So you're not going to have to move, move on December Christmas 30th. Tree. Okay. Um, last year, on January 2nd, we had people lined up to see houses the first day they were on the market. We're going to have the same thing happening this year. Now, rates are going to be maybe in the upper sixes or around seven. That sounds like a lot to people who have threes. But here's the thing. It doesn't sound like so much compared to eight. Well, that's a 10 or 12% drop from the eights. And if they slide a little more, we're going to have a few more. We've, we've had surveys recently that say one in four people would like to sell their home next year. If they get nudged off the edge of that diving board, the pool's going to get really full. Terry, it wasn't too long ago that it was Greg and Lisa that told us go at least consider the adjustable rate mortgage. This is why, because when those rates come down, you can snag a longer term rate um, just because you were patient. Yeah. I want to ask you, are sellers getting what they want out of their houses right now? <clears throat> are um, they getting that? It that- depends. So the, the, the real answer is that in November and December, 10% of the sellers are getting what they want. Another 20% are getting sold in 30 days for a little bit less. And houses that have warts that are less than perfect are going to have to negotiate or they're going to have to be patient. It's as simple as that. Sellers just need to be realistic. Doesn't that sound like a normal market, though, Terry? I mean, we well, went from I know, a seller's I mean, I'm, market. I'm just remembering when we were thinking about leaving, and this was a couple of years ago, and I guess, and we were, there, there was no way, we couldn't get there quick enough, and we couldn't, we were in bidding higher than what they were asking for yeah. the house. So that's why I'm asking right now, because some of the houses that we see and we're looking at, they're pretty high, and we're wondering, are they going to get that what they want out of that right now? Because they're staying on the market a little bit longer than they were when we were looking in the past couple of years. So and that's what I'm just checking. I was just checking to see. To, yeah, it, we have longer days on market. But if but you're it's pristine, a time of year. But it, uh, is correct. It? I mean, it's pristine, but it, it's a thing of like, I have some listings that I know if this is on the market at this price point in March, February, yeah. like it's gone. And our, you know, we're going to have, we have a big relocation. We have a big, you know, doctors move in and out usually around March. Wait a minute. What? I mean, yeah. doctors it, move out when? Typically, graduation it's, a, times. it's a graduate. March, we, we have People are March for, to April is like we will have a lot of professionals moving in and out of the city. I didn't think about that. They're well, gonna, yes. They're going to be homes today that will go on the market that'll be really nice, that'll sell reasonably quickly at around list price. In March, those same houses, you're going to be paying 20% more. Okay. Oh, boy, that is so well, good Greg, to know. 20%? You're, you're going 20%, big. You're going big. You're going big. You know what? For the big. absolute <laughs> right house, there are going to be people that are going to be bidding like crazy at 65 or 7% mortgage rates. Yeah. Terry, would you consider yourself moving sideways or are you downsizing? Downsizing a little bit. Downsizing Right-sizing, Terry. I mean, right-sizing. Right-size. I, I knew better than that. You're oh, right. You by taught the way, me well and I screwed up. <laughs> let's clarify. Downsizing is about lifestyle. It is not about money. Yeah. yeah, you're not going to pay less. Okay. You're going to pay the same. Right size. You're going to move sideways and get a better lifestyle for what you want. You're going to have less square footage, less to take care of, a better, a more appealing property to your needs at this moment in your life. Everybody thinks downsizing means well. I'm going to cut thirty percent off my mortgage. No, you're not, 
because those houses are not going to be what you want. They're not going to have your quality. Is everybody going everywhere? Is there a particular side of town, a a particular suburb where everybody is fleeing? No, not really. If there was, I wouldn't say it out loud. No, oh, yeah. no. you know what? You're so right. Tell me about that later. I, I say am it just all no. messed right. up. Well, no, I mean there isn't. Like we're in a very healthy place across the city. You both have young okay. children, young kids. I mean, they're they're young professionals. We've got Kylan over here. When you say buying a duplex, or if they can't find a duplex, how are we going to coach this next generation into get into getting into home ownership? Uh, stats I, I, with I, showing generational wealth. It, it, it's running. I mean, there's a ton of stats that show. If you rent, this is how much your wealth is at the end, you know, like in 20 years compared to owning. And again, it's not going to be perfect. They have to get out of the mindset of they're finding their forever house. It's not. It needs to be, this is better than an oh, it's apartment. A that is or this so is a better, better oh than, so the, the, <laughs> this is better than the apartment I'm living in. So are this, the, this is directed to people that are Kylan's age or thereabouts. Harvard University released a study this week. And it is basically, and now this is going to be a projected for the future thing. But I think it's incredibly important if you're 25, if you're 30, whatever you are and you haven't bought a house yet, uh, you need to think about this. Harvard University said it's their their housing uh, America's older adults survey. Now, now this is going to be older adults, but the point of it is it's a process. Homeowners over the age of 65, homeowners had a net worth of $499,000. Renters over the age of 65 had a net worth of $10,100. Oh, wow. Wow. So that tells you where the equity is, Kai. And that's where the equity comes The greatest creation of wealth in this country is through owning houses. And that's what the rest of the world wants. That when you go to Europe, you know. Well, that's why we have so much international money that pours into this country in housing. Oh, there you go. There in you go. Real that's got to stop. Wow. Oh, my God. Well, I'm, I'm impressed <laughs> with the research. So <laughs> what you're saying is Katie Bar the Door first quarter is going to be pretty exciting. If rates stay right where they are now, it's going to be exciting. If we get a lower jobs number in December and a better inflation number in December, meaning modest, it could be wild as we get into the first quarter. I'm going to be talking in investing sense today about the inflation numbers. What's interesting is that the way they're cooking the books on inflation, the things that we really do see prices going up in, which is groceries and utilities and our houses and everything, it's being manipulated that the inflation number is going down because we can buy a television for two cents on the dollar of what we could buy a television. A television 10 years ago. So there's a lot of things that are cooking those inflation numbers. And one of the things I tell people, go with your gut. You know whether there's inflation or not. How's your disposable income? Terry, are you guys able to oh, to, to go as far as you used oh, to go? Absolutely. There you go. You know what though? <laughs> Eating out and entertainment. <laughs> I'm still... Food, I'm food and entertainment. The fingers. No, I'm not. I'm laughing with you. That was really funny. Uh, food and entertainment are still obscenely expensive. Yeah. I mean, you think about going to a restaurant where you went to two years oh, ago or three. I mean, those 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 numbers have gone through. Go to a concert. Good grief. I know it. They set up in the nosebleeds and waved to Blake Shelton from two counties away. For goodness sakes. Yeah. And you paid five hundred bucks. Yes. It's just ridiculous. But so, you know what? We're still going. Yeah. And we're so still eating and we're. We're still doing all the things. Exactly. But Give us some benchmarks for Indianapolis. Where were we two years ago, uh, and where are we now? A percentage increase or decrease? In terms of value of uh-huh. homes. Okay, I think the average home is probably from, from two years ago. Well, let's go three, okay. because 2023 has been a little slower a year in terms of value growth. It's been there, but it's been, it's been modest. I think if you go three years, we're probably looking at 20%. Okay. Wow. How I do mean, we find you guys? 
How do how, anybody has any anybody has any questions? How do they find you, Lisa? They can pick up a phone and call 317-219-9277. And I like to be texted after midnight, as we all know. <laughs> That's my favorite time. That's why he has that voice. It's the Insomniacs uh, Quarterly, uh, 317-441-7166. They will answer their phones. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And they will answer their texts. They'll do it. Uh, Thank you guys so much. Thank you for having Merry Christmas. Happy happy holidays. Happy New Year to everybody. Have you all have a great holiday. Thanks for the good good news. You know, we get, like Axios, we get so much bad news here. Yeah, absolutely. Come back and see us after the first of the year. Okay, deal. Love you guys. Love you. 1128 uh, Top Stories are coming up next on 93 WIBC. Ready to find the way home. Indiana. That's where I'm going. This time of year, you know how I feel. Indiana. That's where I'm going. Where Christmas will always be. Straight No Chaser. It is my new favorite Christmas song ever. I do. I brought it in this morning to Kyla, and I said, I don't know how old this is, but I just heard it, and it's called Indiana Christmas, and I, it's by Straight No Chaser, and I love it so much. It is so perfect, especially for all of the holiday activities we oh. have. The beautiful lights, the ice skating, yeah. everything. You have it right here. Right here. Oh. And we are in one of the best spots on Monument Circle with this beautiful view of Monument Circle here in our studios. The Circle of Lights, you know, it begins 61 years ago. And the idea of decorating the monument came from an Indianapolis architect, Edward Pierre. Well, his granddaughter, who's your author, Lisa Hendrickson, is going to be giving a presentation at the Indiana Landmarks Center about this topic on December 11th. I got to talk to her a little early about her grandfather's idea of decorating the monument while he was shopping downtown Christmas Eve long, long ago. That's absolutely right. Um, on He was a last-minute shopper, from, from what I've been told. And on Christmas Eve, he was in 1937, he was downtown walking around the circle, and he just noticed how dark and gloomy it looked. He was a dreamer, and he loved making our city better, and he thought, you know, we really should do something to celebrate the holidays on the circle, and that's how his dream began. So your grandfather proposed a display. Was his proposal similar to what we see today? Um, No, it was actually quite different. Uh, He and it didn't actually begin until after World War II. He he had the idea in 1937. He tried to raise some money for it for a couple of years. Then the war started and everything came to a halt. So it wasn't until 1945 that the first decorations actually appeared on the circle. And they were there were no lights involved as we know them today. There was a nativity scene. There was lots of greenery. The beautiful light posts that still are around the circle were decorated as trees with ornaments. And my mother hung the first ornament on the tree that year. That is so cool. Well, it was his idea. Was he allowed to give some input as the idea then came to life? Absolutely. He was the one who spurred the whole project so in in as it as it grew he talked to other architects about it he asked people to donate a dollar each to decorate the circle uh then the next year he went to the american legion of which he was a member and he 
they passed a resolution to promote peace on earth and goodwill toward men and started raising money to put the nativity scene on the circle. So it was a, a joint effort with the American Legion. And then as it grew, he was very much involved, even as the city took it over, he was in charge of the decorations committee. So he was he was involved for many years. So 25 years after your grandfather submits the idea, the circle is decorated for the holidays. I wonder if there was a big ceremony for the tree lighting like we have today. Yeah, I believe it was in the early 60s, and he actually was no longer involved then. But he w- did light the lights in 1968. He was invited to come in and flip the switch. He was quite elderly by then. And uh, a story that my mother always told was that he initially was not in favor of the lights because he thought it was too gaudy. <laughs> but he actually, once he saw it, he grew to love it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting little twist to the story. <laughs> when was the first time you went downtown to watch the Circle of Light celebration? I think I don't I don't exactly remember, but I know I was a little girl. We went every year and I definitely remember going with my mother the year that he lit the lights oh. in 1968. Edward Pierre, such a well-respected architect here in the state of Indiana. Was he a wonderful grandfather? He was a wonderful grandfather. He died when I was 13. So I was quite young. And one of my biggest regrets is that I was really too young to ask him a lot of questions about his architecture and the the circle of light. So that's actually why I'm working on a book about him now, because my family has done a lot of research about his his architectural projects. And there's so there's so many Buildings in Indianapolis that everyone would know that he designed, for example, Bush Stadium and the Indiana State Library. So if you drive around Indianapolis or have lived here a long time, you would definitely um, be familiar with some of the buildings that he designed. Lisa, during your presentation at the Landmark Center coming up here in December, you're going to be sharing your grandfather's life and legacy, which includes, as you said, designing some very prominent buildings and so many homes north of downtown that still stand today. Yes, he designed a lot of of houses in Meridian Kessler, in Butler Tarkington, and he designed the original houses in Williams Creek. He was partnered with uh, another architect named George Wright, and in the 1920s to the early 1940s, and as Pierre and Wright, they designed many of the iconic buildings that you would recognize. Lisa Hendrickson is with us. She has a presentation coming up titled Edward Pierre and the Circle of Lights on December 11th. We'll get you some ticket information here in just a moment. But when did you realize how important of a man to Indianapolis your grandfather was, and also not only that, but the history of him with the idea of decorating the circle. Well, my mother, who was an only child, adored her father. And so as I, when I was a child, my brother and I, when we would be driving around town, my mother would always point out the buildings that he designed. Wow. So she was very proud of his legacy, and she worked hard to make people aware of his work. And I'm glad she did. 
It's been said that Edward Pierre was the greatest architect the state of Indiana ever produced. Where did he live in Indianapolis? He lived in various places. Um, he lived in Butler Tarkington. He lived in Meridian Kessler. Interestingly, he never owned his own house because he was a he, he had created designs for his own house, which was never built. He was an artist and a dreamer, and he he said from an early age that he had no interest in being a millionaire. He just wanted to make cities beautiful places to live, and that's what he did. I know he kept a notebook or notebooks. Was he pretty thorough in keeping notes, which is maybe now helping you write the book about your grandfather, Edward Pierre? The answer to that is yes and no. He was very thorough in writing down details of his personal life. He was very thorough in writing down the projects that he created. However, for example, he would give a project a number, but sometimes if it was a resident, he would not write down the address. He would just write down the name of his client. So what my family has done is uh, done research and gone back through old city directories and try to match the the client's name with addresses. So it's been a long and interesting project. <laughs> Lisa Hendrickson is our guest. She is the author of Burning the Breeze, Three Generations of Women in the American West, and is currently working on a book about her grandfather. Her upcoming presentation, Edward Pierre and the Circle of Lights, is December 11th. Tickets cost $5 for general admission and are free to Indiana Landmark members with an RSVP. Those doors will open at 530 with the program beginning at 6 p.m. at the Indiana Landmark Center or online via Zoom. You can reserve your spot by visiting indianalandmarks.org or by calling 317-639-4534. Is there anything else, Lisa, you'd like to mention about your upcoming presentation? I would just like people to know that there will be, it won't just be me talking. I have many, many images of his designs, uh, both from today and from when they were first built. So, that will be a reason to tune in just to see some of these images of his beautiful design. Please let our listeners know how to follow your work. Sure. Um, my website is easy to remember if you can spell my name. It's lisahendricksoncommunications.com. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook under Lisa Hendrickson Communications. Lisa Hendrickson, thank you so much. I know this will be a very special history lesson about the Indianapolis architect who had the idea of decorating Monument Circle and bringing it to life during the holiday season. You must, you must be so proud of your grandfather, Edward Pierre's legacy. I'm eager to share his story, so I invite everybody to come on the 11th or tune in via Zoom. Terrific. Thank you. It is 1144 coming up. It's Denny Smith with Investing Sense on 93 WIBC. You got a friend in Denny. You've got a friend in Denny. <laughs> oh, God. 
You know, if I had ego problems, this is where I want to be. You guys make me feel like a million bucks. We're not done with the song. No, okay. we're not. Well, I don't get this you from Sullivan. You just remember what old Danny, Danny. said. <laughs> God, a friend. Danny. You know, now we, it's all, your turn. we all Danny's worry about... Everybody. Investing sense. We all worry that we don't read things correctly, <laughs> that everybody else is smarter than we are, and we hear people on the news. Well, just like that Axios thing that you did with Greg and Lisa, you think yeah. everybody's smarter than I am because they're getting published. Well... Don't mind the bogus measures of inflation. I want you to know that that what we're going to watch today is called purchasing power. And a lot of people think that they're missing it. But when we see all the United States prices posted for consumer goods and services, Terry Lynn, I gave you something. And if you look at that, that sheet, we look at that and we say, okay, like look at orange oh, juice. Oh, wow. Okay, what was orange these, juice ooh, just three years ago, Terry? $2.32. All right. So what is it now? $3.67. So the, um, the official measures of inflation are a long, it's a long running tragic comedy. And I listened to all the economists and the comedic transparency of the distortions and the tragic of the consequences is that what do you believe? Your own lying eyes or or what they're telling you? Terry, look at white bread. That's the fourth one down there. Yeah, a dollar thirty-five. That was in twenty twenty, January of twenty twenty. What is it in October? It's now 20? it's two dollars. It's two dollars. So we look at this and we say, you know, this gimmick of distortion is to underweight whatever is eating away at the purchasing power mm. of our earnings. So here's Chicken's what I really jumped up there too. Chicken. I mean. yeah. If your earning power rose thirty-four percent from January of 2020, which is that list I gave you, to October of 2023. Congratulations, you don't see any of this. How many of us have seen our earnings go up 34% in the last three and a half years? <laughs> Not, Not very many. No. So the scale of spending on essentials such as shelter and health care and child care, it's far greater than the trivial lower prices. I'm going to give you a statistic here and you're going to laugh at me, but the, when, when I looked at TVs, now, this is from TVs from 2008 to 2023. That's 15 years ago. 15 years ago, um, the price of a TV since then has fallen 92%. Oh, wait. It's fallen? It's fallen. The price of a television. The big screen TVs, sure. you can get them for nothing. And the same thing for toys and software and all of the things that you occasionally buy. But what the government has done is they've lumped in all these huge, you know, like if I look at software... That's fallen 50% in the last 15 years. Wow. But how often do you buy software? Well, you're right. You but, know. But it is interesting now that you're pointing it out right. to me. But the things we buy late, the least exactly. at TV. If we look at a medical washer. care. What about a washer and dryer? A uh, washer and dryer would be. Uh, about the same? About the same. Yeah. I think they've come down to ever since the Koreans got involved, LG and on all those Samsungs and stuff. But the accurate measure of increasing or de- decreasing costs is purchasing power. What can we do? And I think we have seen some real decays uh, in our ability to buy the things that we really want to do. So what we want to do is measure purchasing power. And when we measure purchasing power, it eliminates all these distortions, which is why nobody measures purchasing power, because the government wants to continue to deceive us. It says, okay, uh, butter, $3.86, January of 2020. Now it's four fifty-five. What do they want to talk about is stuff that we don't always buy, and that's that's just really kind of evil. It is think. evil. When we look at the increasing money supply to maintain this, now this is not my word, word these are not my words. Charles Hugh Smith has a really great website called Of Two Minds. It, that doesn't mean he's schizophrenic. It means that you have to have two minds to look at data. 
and Charles Hugh Smith, if you ever get a chance to look at it, it's pretty good. But the global scarcities are crimping supply, and now we're beginning to see effects on our purchasing power, which is what we want to measure. Don't even listen to them, Terry Lynn, when they say when they start talking about inflation. Thank you for explaining it and helping us understand it even just a little bit better <laughs> by clearly putting it right out here in front of the, me. The bottom line is, is that if your wages have gone up 34% in the last three years, congratulations, you're even. Now, this is why the UAW is striking. This is why they took on the, you know, all of the automobile producers. This is why they're taking on Detroit Diesel Allison, the old Allison's there in Speedway and around on the west side because wages are not keeping up and and the common everyday blue collar man is saying hey this isn't working for me and the, the, i'm sorry blue collar person whether it's man or woman they're saying look my purchasing power sucks you may have given me a 10 percent raise over the last two years but the costs are up 34 percent. so what i'm telling you your old buddy denny here pay attention to your gut do not be smoke screened by all the things that you hear, and whether it's Axios that Terry just saw, and I was glad somebody else called it clickbait because it's that's it's, what it is. It's baloney. Yeah. It really, and it's not fair to us as Americans that the Department of Labor is putting out this crap. I mean, we can see that ground beef went up from three eighty nine to five twenty three. Yeah. We can see that even yogurt, yeah, did you yogurt, see yogurt price four forty three yeah. up to six twenty eight. We can see it and feel it. That's yep. exactly right. Absolutely. So go with your gut. You know what purchasing power parity really is. That's it for today. Bananas aren't so bad though. I still <laughs> like that I can get a good good bunch of bananas for hardly anything. Yeah, so that used to be my lunch whenever I worked at Kroger. Banana? I would go bananas? and get a banana. Yes. Be, do you put peanut butter on them? <laughs> oh, I do like that. Yeah. yeah, peanut butter and bananas. Well, coming up in the next hour, we're going to check in with Matt. Bear, there's something big happening on the ramp systems Huge. onto big, the big, interstates. Big, 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 big. Yep, coming up. And also, we're going to look at eight odd signs that a recession may be on its way, including we're going to talk about the lipstick index that Denny will help us understand, too. <laughs> uh, but before we take a break, I just want to mention, because we were talking earlier about our Red Cross, or our Red Cross, excuse me, I'm sorry, our Salvation Army red kettles, kettles. that are virtual online at WIBC.com. Denny, you take it from here. Well, this is our last. They've taken eight of us here from WIBC, and they've given us each of us a kettle so we've got nigel and hammer and we've got kendall and casey and then we've got the weekend crew including matt bear and all of them are posted on wibc.com there's a red banner right across the middle please you know donate this is what we call the pregame. it's sort of the warm-up so you don't have to give what you would always give just give a like like a little bit yeah and and help us uh, have fun with this competition terry Lynn's is on there matt bears on there pat sullivan denny smith and of course then the day part but this is our last chance to even talk about ours that's why we wanted to kind of spread the word because you won't hear from us smoked. again until <laughs> next saturday and you know and they know oh well friday denny and i will be here for the radiothon starting bright and early 6 a.m on friday morning to kick off the salvation army radiothon here at wib so we would really love if you could help us here on the weekend because those guys will just, you know, they're, they, get to, talk, the goal, they get to talk though. every day. That's the goal. That's Let's the goal. Let's beat those day parts. It is. Yeah. Uh, beat the day parts. That's it. I just need $1,500 at the end of this week. That's our goal. And uh, well, thank you. Thank you. And our friend uh, Jeff Cardwell, he'll match that as well as Denny's. Who's doing yours? Matching. Uh, uh, Sundown Gardens. Sundown God Gardens bless matching. them. They put up a bunch of money yeah. for us. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back next uh, after the top of the hour. In fact, another hour of the first day still to come on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, 
Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.